All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, June 27th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We are doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, we had a real horse race at the box office this weekend. It was real exciting all weekend, going back and forth. Who's going to be number one? Who's going to be number one? And we waited until there was an official number one. We've got an official number one at the box office. So, Clayton, why don't you plow and tell us who won the weekend? Number one, Elvis, with $31.2 million in its first frame, squeaking it out past the number two movie, Top Gun Maverick, that made $29.6 million, down only 34%. Lost 87 theaters. It's now at $520.8 million in its fifth frame. Number three, Jurassic World Dominion made $26.7 million, down 55%. It lost 464 theaters. It's at $303 million in its third weekend. Number four, another newbie, The Black Phone, $23.6 million in its first frame. And number five, Lightyear, $18.1 million, down 64%. No theater change. It's at $89.2 million in its second weekend. That is your top five. Well, so do we want to start at the top or do we want to do we want to start at the bottom? Do we do we want to save the flogging of, of Lightyear for later in the show? Yeah, because I think it's thoroughly being beaten, and let's just give it a little bit of a reprise, uh, not a reprise, a reprieve. We're about to reprise the beating, but let's give it a reprieve for now. Let's talk about the good news. Oh, such good news. this top four, mm-hmm. all over $20 million, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. could have been the top five if Lightyear would have done its job, but it, we it's obviously incapable of doing anything right. Right. We're not going to flog so, yet. Lightyear will be flogged, sorry. but later in the show. Not yet. I, I, I already had, when you said flogging, I, I, I brought out the stick. Right. And once the stick is out, it's like, where do I put it now? It's in my hand. Right. What am I doing with it? But I'm going to put it to my side for right now. I'm still gripping it tightly, mm-hmm. but let's talk about good things. Let's talk about this dogfight between Elvis and Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, on our Thursday preview episode, mm-hmm. we had the great Austin. Yes. Who is B.O. Boy, uh, one of B.O. Boy extraordinaire, mm-hmm. actor, great, smart B.O. mind. Mm-hmm. And the fut- he went the with The future Elvis of our at- business. Future of our business. He went with Elvis at number one. Mm-hmm. You went with Elvis at number one. Mm-hmm. I went with Top Gun. And oh boy, I was biting my nails here. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Elvis pulled it out. Yeah, it it was, I mean, up until Sunday night, all the prognosticators, all the analysts, we did not have a clear winner. You know, it looked like this was a, a dead heat between Elvis and Maverick. And I mean, first off, you got to say the fact that this was a dead heat. And the fact that Elvis, it wasn't a dead heat because Elvis underperformed. Elvis did great. The fact mm-hmm. that Maverick made it this close, even though Elvis was making over $30 million, just again shows that Maverick, and, and, and we'll talk about it it's in terms of all time because that's the conversation has put itself in, is an all-time 
a historical moment in box office. We are living right now through a box office moment with Maverick that we are going to, again, tell our kids about. Or, you know, if you don't have kids, tell other people's kids about, tell kids on the street. Either way, you will be talking to kids someday about what Maverick has done at the box office. And and this is what, Maverick's fifth weekend right now? This is Maverick's fifth yep. weekend, and it almost climbed back to number one again against a movie in Elvis that opened wide and did really well. You know, this isn't Maverick getting to number one because a bunch of uh, uh, of losers came out or got to number mm-hmm. one in a week, you know, Labor Day weekend situation. This is the heart of the summer and a big movie came out and did well and Maverick made it a dogfight. That is historical. And let me blow your mind a little bit here because mm-hmm. Top Gun actually, actually won the Friday to Sunday weekend. It was the preview money. Right. That put Elvis over the top. So without the three point five million, Elvis comes in around twenty seven point six, and so Maverick actually did get more butts in the seats, more bucks in the box office than Elvis did. But but it's like it's what. It, but that's just the way they do it now, and I understand that still. I mean, I you know our our, our buddy from uh, the OG box office mojo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he likes to say that the Thursday numbers shouldn't count. Right. Brandon Gray has said that, but he also admits the precedent is set and we all count Thursday preview numbers as part of an opening three-day weekend. And as great of a story Mm -hmm. as Top Gun Maverick being back at number one would have been. Right. This, like you said, is an all-timer. People were going to tell their kids. People are going to be having kids in order to tell them about Maverick. There are couples right now copulating Mm -hmm. and hoping Mm -hmm. that they can conceive a child so that one day the father can say to the son, hey, there was this weekend in June Mm -hmm. in the fifth weekend, Top Gun Maverick almost beat Elvis. Yep. Yep. And this child will be too young to understand it now, yep. but it will resonate. Those words will somehow become resonant yes. over time. Yes. And that is what this movie symbolizes. So the positive for Elvis being number one is that this looks like a hit. It is a hit, mm-hmm. right? It's not a huge hit, but it's that it's big to be number one. It's all a win. The, all, it's the win, and all of the commercials can say the number one movie in America. Yeah, this was more important for Elvis, and, and I, I saw some things over the weekend. Uh, uh, the great legend of box office analyzing, Scott Mendelson of Forbes, he always says the rankings don't matter. You know, the rankings are are, are beyond the point. All that matters is how much money these movies make. But there is something to the bragging rights, especially for a movie like Elvis that could use all the good publicity it could get, you know, because it's it's about a, a, a celebrity who's been dead for 40 years. It's, you know, there, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things there that don't make it the easiest sell at the box office. So to have Elvis's posters and commercials be able to say, number one at the box office that is important in a way that Maverick at this point doesn't need it. It's racking up. It would be racking up stats in an already legendary run. 
But for Elvis yes. to, to say it was clearly number one, it opened over thirty million. It opened, uh, uh, you know, on the good end of its projections. That is all stuff that people want to hear. Because listen, we're not flogging light year yet. But as we talked about last weekend, once a movie starts getting branded a stinker, getting branded bre- with bad box office press. It just builds on itself and makes it more unattractive for moviegoers. But Elvis coming in number one will only help make it more attractive. You know, the the king cannot be a loser. The king is the king. And this weekend, Elvis got to be king once again. Well, the thing with Lightyear is that it couldn't even have commercials saying it was the number one film in America. Mm-hmm. It'd say it's the number one family film in America, maybe the number one animated film in America, but that, that's not the same as the number one movie in America. Right, is this movie? Right, right. Which right now it's Elvis, and I think it's positive for the box office to have that sort of churn. You know, you're putting something up on top, so people are going to be excited to see this. Just a layman who is watching their local news and they see a commercial that Elvis is number one, that's going to pique their interest, and they're going to be more likely to go out and see it. Right, right. So Elvis was number one. So, you know, we were talking beforehand, looking through the deadline recap from Anthony D. Alessandro. I mean, always a must-read every week. And some interesting Elvis stats. Uh, first of all, really positive stuff. It seems like this is a well-liked movie by people who saw it. Did really well in the post-track uh, uh, surveys. It's got a uh, 88% positive on post-track, 72% definite recommend. And I think that's all really important when you have a movie like this that is not a horror movie, it's not a superhero movie, it's not a super genre movie. It's a grown-up, you know, dramatic, star-driven movie. And those type of movies, especially now, they need to be good and they need to be well-liked. So the fact that people seem to like this movie is really important. Um, And, I mean, we've talked about, here's the big stat, is that... Word of mouth is working, according to Deadline, because 63% of people bought their tickets, their Saturday tickets, on the same day. So that shows that the buzz was good coming out of Friday, so they bought their tickets on Saturday. Because if the buzz was bad coming out of Friday, those people, they're just not going on Saturday because they didn't they didn't have the tickets three weeks ago. You know, this is mm-hmm. not a superhero movie where you, you get your tickets a month ahead of time and then you know, you go out of inertia. Does it say anything about walk-up business? Um, well, I mean, that would be the walk-up business. The fact that 63% of Saturday sales were bought the same day, you would think that that's a lot of walk-up. I mean, I'm sure there's people yeah. who are buying those on their phone. So it's walk-up in the sense, I think at this point, same-day sales are what I would consider walk-up. You know, they might not necessarily be walking up on their feet, but they're, you know, buying something on your phone same day. To me, that's walk up. Because it, it, it's not affecting the, tr- the, the tracking. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and the other big stat coming out of this movie is that this was an older audience. Um, 51% of moviegoers who saw this movie, they saw screenings 
that started before 5 p.m. So the Elvis was an early bird movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and there's some demos here. Mm-hmm. 80% were over 25. Wow. That's so And 30% were over 55. Oh, my God. I mean, that is that is... You know, we've talked about it before. You've got your oldsters. Anyone over 30, 31 is an oldster. 55 and up, those are your extreme oldsters, your mega oldsters. So Elvis catered to the mega oldsters that were seeing early bird special screenings. And a lot of these viewers have not seen a movie either in a long time or they see movies once or twice a year. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Top Gun has brought in. That's what Elvis has brought in. Well, I mean, let's let's talk again about our wannabe old boy, Austin, who, again, if you have not listened to the preview episode of this weekend that came out on, on Friday morning, it's still worth a listen now, even though all of our predictions, uh, uh, we're predicting something that's happening. It's worth listening to this episode, worth listening to what Austin had to say. And Clayton, when we talked to wannabe old boy Austin, what did he say would be the most important piece of marketing for the opening weekend of Elvis? That awesome trailer before Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and well, I mean, is do it, you want to say it or you want me to say it? I mean, was he right or was he not right, Clayton? He was. He was very right in the sense that 22% of people mm-hmm. that were talked to uh, t- talked to post track, right? Mm-hmm. said that they went to see this movie because of the in-theater trailer. Right. Right. And specifically the trailer showing before Maverick. I mean, he nailed it that Maverick was such a gigantic hit and such a hit to I mean it hit across all boards youngsters went oldsters went but Maverick brought out so many oldsters who had not been mm-hmm. to the movie theaters in so long and they loved the experience and they saw the Elvis trailer and guess what they came back the following weekend to see Elvis so I mean Maverick came in number two but it helped make Elvis the number one movie Maverick gets credit for Elvis being such a huge hit. Yeah, it's so it's so funny because we've talked previously about how Top Gun, you know, moved around the calendar. Cruz famously said, this is not going to streaming. Mm -hmm. I'll kill you. He didn't say I'm paraphrasing. Right, right. Uh, This is not going to streaming. We're releasing it. And it seems to have been released in the perfect time in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it opened Memorial Day weekend. Right. Yes, at Open Memorial Day weekend, holiday weekend, then, you know, uh, uh, pride, I guess, uh, in, in country or whatever, or just, just, you know, good feelings all around when that movie opened up. Then it hit Father's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Now it's hitting 4th of July Jesus. coming up. And there's a chance this movie has a 0% drop on 4th of July, because I can't think of a better way to celebrate the country. Mm-hmm. But with that... It also opened up at a perfect time for Elvis. Yes. In the sense that, you know, like everything we've been saying is that that trailer before Top Gun 
was great for Elvis. Mm-hmm. This movie does not do the business it did without that help. And that's and I'm not saying I'm saying that we need more of that. Yes. We need more of that strategic placement. Now, obviously, Paramount doesn't want to help Warner Brothers really, but if we're talking theatrical, you want to shore up the theatrical experience. Yep. So at this moment, studios should be working in tandem in a way. Right, you still want to win, you still want to make more money than the other guy. But if more people are going to the theater, you have to create this habit. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm I keep pushing this idea that like it has to be more of a habit. It has to be more of where do you want to go? I don't know, let's just go to the movies and see what's playing. Right. Because that used to be how it was and it's not that way anymore. But these kind of big movies, when you consistently can have people going back, that will just make it habitual. Right. And right. that's what we need. Right. And and listen, that is what Tom Cruise wants. You know, I think mm-hmm. Tom Cruise looked at at this uh these results. You know, and I'm not going to say he's listening to it on the BO boys. I I I think you know, he he may be too busy. It may not have gotten to him yet, but he saw the results of the box office this weekend. And I think that big, famous Tom Cruise grin came upon his face because he saw Elvis made $31 million at the box office. He knew that he helped that happen because Maverick brought people back to the theaters. He knew that his, you know, uh, uh, fellow 90s and 2000s megastar Tom Hanks had a, has a hit on his hand. And I mm-hmm. think Tom Always Cruise, good. more than anything, is uh, uh, out there fighting for theatrical, fighting for the theatrical business to survive and to thrive. And I'm sure he saw this weekend, and even though Maverick was a number one, he smiled because he knew this was a great weekend for the theatrical business. And speaking of Hanks, mm-hmm. going back to that post-track survey, mm-hmm. 25% said they came to see Tommy. Wow. And I saw this film. Okay. Let's get into it. I saw it, I saw it on Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. at 3 p.m., and it was chock full of old people. Great. Uh, myself included. Yes. But people even older. Right, right. So, and, but 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 some old people who were younger than you, and some old people who were older than you. Absolutely, and this is a Tom Hanks movie. He is nearly the main character wow. in this film. And whatever people say about this performance, I th- I thought it. And listen, oh, I'm not a critic, huh? No, no, we're not here to give reviews, f- huh? No, huh? It fit the film, mm-hmm. okay? And I think it's Baz Luhrmann, so it's going to be a little bit bigger. And I think he acquitted himself well. He's, I mean, I, Tom, Tom Hanks is a guy people want to see, and this mm-hmm. proves that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since he's had a crowd pleaser. It's been a while since he's had a big showy performance. Mm-hmm. And... This is great. This is great that he has a big, fun performance in a hit number one movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been. I mean, I'm looking at his box office, recent box office history. I mean, obviously, his 2020 and 2021 was exclusively streaming. He sent Greyhound, News of the World, Finch, all went to streamers or VOD. So... 
he got out something of he was not happy about when when greyhound went to apple he was not happy he wanted that on the screen yeah i mean that 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 was but these are all movies i think basically box office wise they don't exist i mean they don't they never had uh theatrical no. awards. news of the world i guess had a day and date back in december 2020 but that's pre-vaccine that that does not count at all you know and you look at his last few years he had a beautiful day in the neighborhood in 2019, which did do 61 million domestic, and he got the Oscar nom nom nom, which was huge for him. But he hasn't really had a clear, big, above the title box office hit since Sully in September of 2016. That movie ended up making 125 domestic. Another 113 uh, international, 238 worldwide. Sully was a big, big hit. You know, in the years before that, he had Bridge of Spies, made 72 domestic, and Captain Phillips made 107. And, you know, so he had hits, but it has been six years since Tom Mm -hmm. Hanks has had a movie that has opened this big. You know, I think it's safe to assume this could end up doing over 100 million domestic the summer i think it'll leg out to that so elvis is going to be the first big tom hanks box office hit we have had in six years and obviously tom hanks doesn't need anything you've said it he's a forever movie star but it's definitely great to see him add on another box office hit at this point in his career to show he still mm-hmm. got it yes yes absolutely absolutely so you, now, you saw this movie on Sunday. Were you mm-hmm. a walk-up? No. Okay. I purchased my tickets for this film on Friday. Okay, okay. Because I wanted to see it on a premium screen, mm-hmm. which at the AMC I went to, I'm a proud A-list member. I am almost officially out of my time as a regal i i don't want to uh, as a I, I, I god like a, a prisoner i'd say I, I, a prisoner of regal's unfair unjust one year mm-hmm. contract mm-hmm. it's almost so, over you you were you were basically on on like a, a weekend leave this weekend yes well you know you're, you're still technically to, uh uh you know, imprisoned by Regal, but but they let you out for the weekend on good behavior. And and all I have left to do is cancel my credit card, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'll be free right. of it. Right. And then you won't have to- After I did my time, I did my stint. Listen, right. I did my stint. Right. I right. did my year. Right. It's official. Right. But I'm not taking any chances. Right. I'm canceling my credit card, and I'm chopping it up into little pieces, and I'm burying it in several different locations. And if they try to contact me, I never- was there right and you never have to pay the debt on that credit card that's the other perk that's great so so i am now back in the warm bosom Mm -hmm. of amc a list Mm -hmm. and the one of the benefits is that you can see imaxes you can see dolby which is what i saw this film in with no extra charge Mm -hmm. okay the way it should be and i saw this in dolby and Great picture quality, great sound. I was enveloped mm-hmm. by this movie. Now, 
I did not love this movie. I'm not a critic, huh? huh? But I did not love this movie. But I love the experience of seeing this movie. I love being in this world for two and a half hours. I love seeing Tom Hanks. Austin Butler, I think, was very good as Elvis. I wish he would have been more of the center of the story, to be honest with you. But otherwise, I really enjoyed this experience on this sort of screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you you would be in that you know, 82% recommend in the sense that you recommend people see this movie on the big screen because why not? I recommend, but that's the, it comes with the caveat. I do recommend they see it on a, on, on a premium screen. Got it. Got it. Got it. Because after I saw that film, I went to see a, a, another film in the same building as A-list member. I can do things mm-hmm. such as this. As long as the, the showtimes don't overlap. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I went to see Marcel the Shell with Shoes on, the cool. Jenny Slate starrer, mm-hmm. which I, it's just her voice. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there and I just sat through Elvis, had this great experience in Dolby. And I'm sitting here, 20 minutes of previews, in one of the theaters that has not been redone. Okay. The chairs are uncomfortable. The lights on before the before the film are glaring, and it feels like one of those that that sort of light that just shows all your imperfections. Got it, got it. So it's a little bit about the light and a little bit about you. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I, listen. In general, I feel like the lighting is bad mm-hmm. b- uh, before the film. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here watching these previews. You know, you can hear everything everybody else is saying during the previews because the sound is really not great. Mm -hmm. And this movie comes on and it's cute. It's fine. But I'm sitting there for 20 minutes and I'm thinking, you know, there's still sunlight outside. It's a summer day. I should be out in nature. I should be doing something else other than watching a web series turned into a movie. And no slight on that. No, no. And I don't normally walk out of movies, but I felt like, you know, life is short. We've realized that over the few, the, the last few years. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think, well, why did I walk out on this movie? Because I normally don't walk out on movies. We've had this, we just recently had this conversation. I think I've only walked out on two movies in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is that I'm getting spoiled by these premium screens. And wow. I feel like if you're going to go see a movie... You need to see it at its maximum. And to put a movie like Marcel with with sh- the shell with shoes on, I understand why you're not going to put this in a 40X. Mm-hmm. But there should be a way for this movie to be seen in the same way that you see something like Elvis. Because the experience has to be premium. And, th- and it's going back to something that we're really, you know, beating a dead horse about is that you need to just upgrade every single every single theater inside every single screen. Yes. Yes. It, it needs to be updated because I love this theater, this AMC Lincoln Square Theater, but some of their some of the theaters in there are piss poor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not piss and not it pissed made me walk on, out. But piss poor. And I should if I'm in if I'm in a great theatrical experience, I'm not even thinking about the outside. The outside doesn't exist. Right. The fact that I was sitting there and thinking I should be outside is bad. That thought Movie never should be like casinos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They should be like casinos. You should not know what time it is. You should not 
want to leave. Yes. You should want to stay. Yes. You should want to come back. Every second you are not in a theater should feel like death. Mm. Yes. Tiny death, a small death. Yes, yes. I mean, during Maverick, the thought of being outside, of being in nature, oh. of, of, of sniffing fresh air never came across our minds, not even for a second. No, no, absolutely not. No, because we when, saw when it in it IMAX. Ends, we saw It's a great yeah. movie, but we also saw it in premium screens and mm-hmm. the outside world does not exist. Nature, trees, birds, blue skies. When you see a great film in a premium screen, none of those things exist unless they are depicted on the large screen that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. But even then, yes. it never makes you want to leave where you are to go to the real version of them. You only want to stare at the birds on the large screen. And and that's the funny thing. There's There's been reaction about Maverick where people have said, it really makes me want to fly a, a jet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think what Maverick makes me want to do is watch Maverick. Yes. Yes. Is yes. watch this movie again. Yes. That's what it makes me want to do. It makes me well, it does make me want to be a better person in general. Right. But it, it, it and to find something I love and really pursue it the way that Maverick does. Right. And that's but that's like not a physical thing. Like I don't physically want to get in a jet. Right. I want to see this movie on loop forever. Right. And I want to see Elvis. You know, that's the other thought that people get during Maverick is I want to just come back to this room I'm in and I'll see Elvis on this big screen or a big screen mm-hmm. just like it. I mean, I think that is going to be one of the big stories coming out of this summer is, I mean, it's clear. We've talked about it. The The apocalypses are coming when these giant movies open together the same week and all need large format screens. These theaters, especially AMC and Regal, the big chains, they have to make sure all of their theaters are up to snuff, are fully remodeled, and they need to build more large format screens. Yeah. And then the smaller theaters, the smaller independent theaters, you're just restaurants. Yes. You're just yes. restaurants Sell that show food. movies. Yes. So so focus on your food. Yes. Something like Marcel the Shell with shoes on, which again- Oh, you got to eat a pasta dinner during it. You got to eat a pasta dinner. The dinners during- showings of Marcel the Shell with shoes on should start at $75 a plate. You know, that's the, Mm, that is the, the way that movie is making money is that people are ordering expensive appetizers. They're ordering fish dinners, pasta dinners. They're oysters. They're getting oysters. You eggs. Oh my God. You have to have, you have to sell oysters during Marcel expensive raw there has to be a raw bar at these showings of marcel the shell with shoes on that is where the money is because you're never going to have a mass audience coming to see this but the people who do come to see it they need to spend 75 to 150 dollars a head eating overpriced meals while they watch this indie art movie Mm -hmm. and again i just want to say no shade to the creatives behind this movie. No. This is this is by no means me walking out of your film has nothing to do with the quality of your film, 
I'm sure it's a lovely film. The reason I bought a ticket for it is because I heard it was lovely. Hey, listen, they they it, got your money or, you know, your whatever your money that comes out of buying something on an AMCA list is. They they got it so that they have no reason to be upset that you walked out. Yeah. No, what we're saying yeah. about something like Marcel is they have made a film that caters to an audience that needs to be built for every penny that they have. That they've mm-hmm. got an audience that is willing to spend $30 on a bucket of popcorn because it's got truffle dust on it, you know, or it's got yeah. butter that was churned uh, in Seattle. I don't know, you know, some, somewhere fancy. The butter capital of the world, yeah. of course. Yeah. So, so I, that, that, that's yeah. the business model for a movie like Marcel. Obviously, the business model for something like Elvis, something like Maverick is the biggest honkinest screens you could get and you cram as many people in there as possible, especially the oldsters who are back. Mm-hmm. So Now, do we have anything else to say about Elvis at the moment? I mean, I think great opening weekend, great for Hanks. Um, I did, I did misspeak, though. He did have a hit in 2017. The Post, of course, made $82 million domestic, another 98 worldwide. So, I mean, Tom Hanks... Every couple of years, he's still getting a hit. This is a new one. We'll be following it. I think this getting over $100 million is going to be a victory if that happens. So we will follow Elvis's path the next few weeks. But I think it's it's in a good spot because, you know, you look ahead the next few weeks. you got the Munions movie this weekend. That's a kid's movie. You've got uh, Thor in a couple of weeks, which is a big Marvel movie, which is, again, more of a kids. I mean, that's an all-audiences movie. So Elvis, along with Maverick, is going to get to cater to the sort of oldsters for the next couple of months. It's going to have, like, a nice little path there. Now, should we, before we get to Lightyear, should we answer the call? Should we answer the call? Are we talking about Ghostbusters? No, I'm talking oh, about the black phone. Oh my god, the black We haven't even got to the black phone. What a really solid opening weekend for this movie. Made 23.6 million dollars, which is I think about exactly what I predicted. Did I predict around 22 on our our preview episode this weekend. I I I had this uh, I- on the higher end of the tracking. I thought it would do well. I, I feel like you was it Austin that was lower on this than you? Because I know Austin was very low on this film. We were I was the highest on this film, so I feel vindicated. Okay. I mean, we both knew that Black Phone was gonna beat Lightweight, mm-hmm. aka Lightyear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we both got that right, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this is this is a good I mean, this is a good take for this movie in a crowded box office oh this is great this is great i mean it is comparable to i'm gonna check out the purge the original purge movie which again was a blumhouse movie starring ethan hawk much like the black phone is the purge i feel like that opened bigger but the uh, but sinister i think opened almost exactly the same right the purge did open to 34 million i think sinister opened to around low 20s um, and the purge ended up legging out uh, to sixty-four million, which shows these movies don't necessarily have long, long legs. 
you know, or big multipliers. But I mean, this is another great win for Ethan Hawk, who has got basically this side business. You know, he makes his, he's sort of more known for his Richard Linkletter collaborations, his before movies with Linkletter and Julie Delpy. And every couple of years, he'll get a a supporting actor nom, nom, nom at the Oscars. And he's seen as like the moody, arty guy from the 90s. But then he's got this side business where he just opens up these Blumhouse horror franchises. He takes a smaller salary to get points on him. And they make Bafa Bobo, and and this guy's just cashing in. I mean, it is a nice business to be in for Ethan Hawke. Um, and I was wrong. Sorry, Sinister opened to $18 million, but that was the first of those kind of, one of the first of the Blumhouse sort of $5 million, mm-hmm. let's turn this into $50 million, sixty, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So nice little tidy sum for a movie that costs very little. Yep. And I believe that's the same for Black Phone, but Black Phone, B minus cinema score, mm-hmm. which for a horror movie is very good, yes. which could lead to this having longer legs than other horror movies. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Black Phone is if it doesn't fall off a cliff, it's probably going to get to $50 million domestic. And that makes this movie a hit. By far, because I mean, it's definitely a movie that cost, you know, what, 10 million, 15 million around there, maybe 15 million. So this movie is guaranteed to be a hit. And like we always say, a movie like this, the fact that it opened theatrically and a lot of people will have ended up seeing in the theater someday when the black phone goes to a streamer, it will be a bigger deal than if just black phone opened on a streaming service you know that is the beauty Mm. of theatrical is now black phone is a theatrical hit and that is what it'll always get to be for the rest of its you know distribution life yeah absolutely i mean i wish we had more to say about black phone uh we're probably going to see this movie at the end of this week yes yes uh i'm excited for it but as you can see i mean i went to see elvis first and that seems to be how the box office has worked well well the thing that's interesting about black phone versus elvis is like we talked about the elvis crowd saw the movie early not 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 early as in before it opened i'm saying early in the day like we said they were seeing it before 5 p.m and the post-track studies for the audience of the black phone show that the most popular time to see the black phone was after 9 p.m., which I think this worked out great for this weekend where you had all the oldsters going to see, you know, 2 p.m., 3 p.m. afternoon showings of Elvis. And by the time the black phone crowd showed up, by the time the youngsters showed up, the gore hounds, the horror heads showed up at the theater, those Elvis oldsters, they were ready at dinner. They were ready... Uh, paying the check at dinner by the time the black and, phone uh, crowd was getting to the movie theater. They did not have to cross over. They, d- they didn't have to get into any rumbles in the bathrooms. They got to avoid each other, which is great. That's the kind of scheduling. That's great. That's the kind of thing. That's why we always talk about this. We, the, the needs to be the Billy bean of cinema scheduling. Mm-hmm. 
in the sense of just looking at all these different angles, like that is great to cycle those demos through that way. Mm -hmm. And I know it didn't happen intentionally, but it should happen intentionally. Mm -hmm. Like, have you ever been to a wedding where the, after the wedding, there's the party and the beginning of the party, it's like nice music. It's like Motown and everything. Mm -hmm. And like all the hits that everybody knows, even the oldsters. And then when the oldsters, the parents go to bed, then that's when you put on the most raunchy, disgusting, Uh, like my neck, my back, and and shit like that. Right, right. And you too put, short and yeah. stuff like that. And you're just listening to raunchy, raunchy ass shit. Yes. And yes. And and that's like everybody's getting their freak on. And that's what the theater should be like. Yes. Yes. Elvis is when you go to a wedding and it starts and they're playing Elvis, and then Black Phone is the end of the wedding and they're playing that uh, uh, WAP song, you know. Or like, put it in my mouth. Remember that song? Yes, yes. Or, or yeah. uh, you know, when, when they start playing like uh, "How I Got High." What was that? Remember, remember mm-hmm. that song? The you know that then then or the, give me that nut. Right, right. After the cake has been served, then they play "Give me that nut," or you know, Superman yeah. those H's. You know, that's the mm-hmm. end of the wedding. That's what seeing a post nine p.m. black phone is like. You know, the grandmas are gone. They're asleep. They already heard their Elvis. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the younger people came out for the black phone. It's another win for Ethan Hawke. It's another win for this amazing side business he's got. Um, And, you know, Ethan Hawke is a guy who he's one of those people who's a movie star in his way. You know, like obviously Ethan Hawke above a title doesn't mean something's opening to $40 million or you could just put Ethan Hawke in any kind of movie and it's a slam doink. But it's clear audiences respond to Ethan Hawke in these small horror movies. You know, he's he's got something that people want out of him. It's like Jerry Butler in those actioneers. Yes. Yes, exactly. And because of something like the black phone, you know, he's got more juice someday to make, you know, uh, before the end or, you know, before uh, Twilight or whatever the next before movie is going to be. It is going to be great. And because of black phone, he's got some cash that he could throw in and, and, you know, pay for it himself if he wants. They really put themselves in a box to make them all before. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? But... But listen, it's it, creativity needs borders. Yes. Yes. And creativity needs financing, and the Black Phone will finance the next Ethan Hawke, Julie Delpy, Richard Linkletter movie. So thank you, Black Phone. Thank you, Black Phone. We speak your name. Mm-hmm. Now... Let's get to it. Number five, the movie in the top five that didn't hold up its end of the deal did not get to $20 million plus. Lightyear. Oh, my God. Second weekend. This thing drops like a stone from number two to number five, makes $18 million, drops 64%. Wow. Which is atrocious because it opened low. Wow. And it's at 89, which you're thinking, oh, this thing's almost near 100. So it had the biggest drop 
of any Pixar movie. Oh my Except God. Onward, which does not count because Onward, of course, opened during the pandemic, the very start of the pandemic. I mean, Onward's drop is because the pandemic was announced in between Onward's first and second weekends. You know, that that mm-hmm. is the excuse Onward gets to use. Lightyear does not but have the ex- people didn't like that movie. People anyway, didn't like though. that movie. People, people didn't like that movie. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, Lightyear cannot point to, oh, this Wednesday is when the COVID pandemic started. The Wednesday in mm-hmm. between our first and second weekend. Lightyear cannot say that. I, I'm sure they will. They Disney probably has some scientists that they're they're trying to get quotes out of, but but I don't think anyone reputable in the science community is going to say that COVID pandemic started this week in 2022, and that's why the light year uh, second weekend drop was so large. No one reputable is going to say that. Now, to anybody who does not believe the hype of the failure of Lightyear, mm-hmm. there are rumblings that this movie could possibly make less than the low watermark that is The Good Dinosaur, which made $123 million domestically. Wow. There is a strong possibility that this movie, with the Munions coming in Mm -hmm. like a steamroller, Mm -hmm. destroying everything else in its path, Mm -hmm. there's a chance that a... Buzz Lightyear spin-off movie Jesus. could make less than The Good Dinosaur. Hmm. Just like think about that. And I, I know it's not to. a spin-off in the in the, neg- in the in the regular sense. I mean, that's the problem. It's this whole muddled thing. But you would think that the name recognition enough would put it over the good dinosaur which only name recognition is because it did so poorly critically and financially. Yeah, I mean, this is stunning, the, what Lightyear has done. And, and, and we were both low on this movie before it came out, but w- seeing, seeing it happen in real time, you know, in, in, in the daylight has been stunning to witness. This movie is bombing the same way Maverick is, is succeeding on a historical level. Lightyear is going to be one of those bombs that we're 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 talking about years mm-hmm. from now. You know, Light Lightyear is a is a I think a the kind of movie that changes the trajectory of the studio going forward. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. because I think I think it's going to end up being such a bomb that this is going to be a problem for Pixar going forward and maybe for Disney going forward. Um you know, I actually saw some chatter this weekend about the fact that if you look at this year, you know, other than Dr. Strange, Disney is one of the worst performing theatrical studios that we've had this year, you know? And if Mm -hmm. not for the band-aid that is Marvel, this Disney slate this year would be abysmal. When you compare it, especially to, of course, Paramount, which I think is uh, everyone's, you know, uh, favorite studio right now, home of Maverick, home of Sonic 2. Um, 
you know, and even something like Warner Brothers had the Batman, has Elvis, you know, the, it's it's putting out hits. Disney is just having a terrible year, if not for the fact that it owns Marvel. Yeah, I mean, that's something that Austin pointed out on our preview episode last Thursday. Another reason mm-hmm. to listen to that. Yep. And it is true. I mean, that the bloom is off the rose. Mm-hmm. And Bob Chapstick is going to need to start. I mean, he's going to be fighting for his job, number one. I mean, I just believe that to be true. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be he, in a dogfight f- the way that Maverick and Elvis were in a dogfight for number one. Except, you know, the loser of the Elvis Maverick dogfight was still in a good spot. He loses. Bob Chapstick loses his dogfight. He's, he's a dog out on the street. Well, with a golden parachute, so let's not feel too bad for Bob Chapstick. No, no. I'm not trying to get sympathy for Bob Chapstick, but he will he will be he will be a loser if he loses this dogfight. But Lightyear is a movie that the more we speak about it, mm-hmm. the angrier it makes me. Mm-hmm. 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 And I'm not angry about it in the way that online psychos are angry about it. No, no. It's not about I'm politics. Angry ab- no, huh? I'm angry about purely like commercial aspects of this film. Yes. And and fumbling the ball so hard, it's almost intentional. It's almost like they made the equivalent. I mean, it's hard to equate what this movie is. It feels like a bunch of guys who never looked up from their navels the entire time. I mean, it's as if someone five years ago said, you know what nobody could screw up? A Toy Story spinoff. No one could screw up a Toy Story spinoff at the box office. And mm-hmm. Pixar took that as a challenge. Yeah, you we'll know? take that challenge. Instead of saying, yeah, of course not. We're going to do one that's going to make a billion dollars. Toy Story spinoff. They took that as a challenge. And I guess they proved that person wrong. That you know that uh, uh, that that phony person who never actually said that they proved him wrong. That straw man. That straw man. They proved that straw man wrong. Good for you, Pixar. The straw man who said no one could screw up a Toy Story spinoff. You proved him wrong because they you have certainly screwed it showed up. him. I mean, again, yeah. we've said it. Something like Lightyear has no reason to exist other than to be a hit. So the fact that it is. Such a theatrical box office failure means that its very existence is uh, uh, without any merit. It's the movie that you make that enables the rest of your crew of navel-gazing, middle-aged, artsy-fartsy types Mm -hmm. to be able to make whatever goddamn movie they want to make for another fucking 10 years. Exactly. fucked it up and i'm ang- i'm like okay i record in a closet everybody knows this and i'm holding onto my i'm almost ripped the door off the hinges mm-hmm. of my closet because i'm so angry about mm-hmm. this which is right and i know it i it, i know i shouldn't i mean it's not good for me at this age i'm an old stir at this point mm-hmm. i went to see elvis on sunday at 3 p.m i shouldn't be getting worked up right but i i want theatrical to survive i we need 
product that brings people in. And I'm sorry, Toy Story is product. Yes, yes. Pixar is product. And, you know, it's something that Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co., he's been talking about this a lot, how you look at these box office numbers, theatrical numbers this year compared to compared to pre-pandemic years, and the numbers are down in total. But the hits and basically the movies themselves that are out this year are doing well. It is just there are still not enough movies being released into theaters. There is not enough product. Mm -hmm. The audiences themselves are there. They go to the movies that they are given. Um, They want to go to the movie theaters. The studios are not releasing enough movies. And when you have something like Lightyear that, again, exists only to be a hit, exists only to be product, when something Mm -hmm. like Lightyear bombs and possibly... The result of that could be Pixar goes the way of Star Wars, which is it stops being a theatrical brand. You know, Star Wars were the biggest movies in the history of movies, and now they are no longer movies. They are streaming content of variable lengths. That is what Star Wars has become under Bob Chapstick. And if Pixar then goes the way of Star Wars, where now Pixar does not put out movies in the movie theaters, that becomes another problem for movie theaters because the movie theaters need product. You need movies like Lightyear to work, to prop up theatrical, so that stuff like Marcel the Shell with Shoes On could be released and sell $40 buckets of premium salted popcorn. Yes. Now... I, I I can't talk about Lightyear anymore, I, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it next weekend when it in, in, in inevitably drops out of the top five. Wow! I mean, I, I will pat myself on the back a little bit here. I really nailed this drop. Although, did you also have Lightyear coming in under twenty, or did you think it would hit twenty? I I I I, I, abs- I didn't give a number, but I absolutely had a number five. Okay, yeah, I I nailed it where I said it would drop. In the low 60s, and because of that, it would end up under 20 million, and that's exactly what it did. And I wasn't hoping for that, of course. I want all movies to succeed, but the fact that Lightyear dropped so much, it just shows people did not want this movie. This is a clear rejection of this movie, and again, not for political reasons, huh? When I when I say that. They were mad that Tim Allen's out in the movie. It's not because political reasons. It's because Tim Allen's the voice of Lightyear. And why do the hard thing and not just have it be, I've said it before, you have it be the toy that everyone knows with a voice that everyone knows. And you do your easy cash-in movie because that is what a Buzz Lightyear movie was always meant to be. And then you can make Lucas for another or Inside Outs for another 10 years. Yes. Yes. Now, let's do something a little bit fun because that was kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pixar did that to us. Disney did that to us. Bob, Bob Chapstick. Chapstick did that to us. Yep. How dare they? Let's talk a little bit just about Maverick mm-hmm. in the sense of its domestic, where it, where it is on the domestic all-time chart because now we're able to really talk about this because currently it's at number 15. Wow. All time, all time domestic. 
domestic. So it's sitting at 520. Mm-hmm. Rogue One is at 532 million. So that's in its sights. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to mow down a bunch of these. So it's going to beat The Dark Knight at 13 mm-hmm. with 533. Mm-hmm. Lion King live action, 543 is probably going down. Uh, Incredibles 2 at number 11. That's at 608. Now, here's where we're getting into territory where, like, it's definitely possible this movie makes another 100 domestic. Yes. I, okay, so and, so I think the slam doinks are, I mean, by next weekend, if not by later this week, it will move into the number 12 spot, right? It's going to be Rogue One, Dark Knight, and Lion King. Lion King sits at 543, Top Gun Mavericks yeah. at 520. So it'll make 23 million probably maybe not during the week this week but it's it's going to make over that next weekend so slam doink maverick yeah. gets past those i think incredibles 2 at 608 total which is what 88 million away from maverick 89 million it's maverick is going to make another 89 million in its life domestically yes. for sure I think that is a slam doink. That's going to take a couple of weeks. Um, so that gets Maverick into number 11. I do think that where it will definitely get past, I think the ones that I could say is like basically a slam doink is it'll get all the way up to number nine, you know, passing Star Wars Episode Eight: Last Jedi and passing number nine, The Avengers, Avengers has made 623 million domestic again. Mavericks made 520. I think it'll make over 103 million dollars more before all is said and done. I think to me that is like the slam doink or maybe not a slam doink but a pretty safe bet. Maverick at least gets to number 9 all time passing the Avengers, which is incredible. That's huge. That's huge. And then Jurassic World is would be at number eight with six fifty-two. Right. So that is a reach. But I I mean, we were having conversations in the hallway mm-hmm. about a possible Titanic takedown. Now, listen, that could be pie in the sky, mm-hmm. but Titanic number seven is at six. 59. 59. So you're you're yeah. talking 139, basically 140 million dollars domestic that Maverick would have to earn from this point forward. But I mean, how do we count out this movie? Like you can't count this movie out because the other thing that's going to happen is next weekend is 4th of July. This thing's going to be huge on 4th of July. Mm-hmm. It's going to stay in theaters all summer and it will get some premium screens back again. Right. And so we just don't know how high this thing can fly. It's just unprecedented. And, and again, we are sitting here today is what? June 27th. So schools have just let out in the last couple of weeks. You know, colleges mm-hmm. have just let out. High schools have just let out. So now Maverick also does have these next two months where high school kids and college kids are off 
every day. They got their summer mm-hmm. jobs, but we know they're not taking those seriously. They're skipping shifts. They're playing hooky. And so you yeah. have got all of these moviegoers from 14 years old to 22 years old who every day have jack all to do. And I think Maverick is going to do well during the weekdays these next two months. You know, it's going to, we talk about weekends, but those grand totals also come from people just going to see something on a Wednesday afternoon. Mm -hmm. So I, I do think that Titanic at number seven is possible. Maverick making another $140 million from this point on and passing Titanic is possible. Because I was on Reddit. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to admit this for a, a good reason. So follow me on this. Mm-hmm. There was a user on the Red, the box office, Reddit box office, mm-hmm named the Cheesy Olympia, who did a chart of all the films that opened over $100 million ordered by Multiplier. Mm -hmm. And Top Gun Maverick just took over number one from Shrek 2. Wow. Top Gun Maverick has a 4.118 multiplier. Wow. And Shrek 2 had a 4.084 multiplier. Now... This thing could go to five. I mean, because this thing, the I mean, it's going to have this record mm-hmm. because it, it's going to just keep going. And to think about this movie in those terms, the fact that this multiplier is so high, there's no, I mean, there's, there's, there's no limit to what it could possibly do. There's no limit. No, no. The Maverick is truly a no limit soldier at the box office. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Make him say, ah, uh. it's making him say, ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It would be fitting. You know, as I look at this list of the, the biggest domestic earners of all time, Titanic is sitting there at number seven, and Titanic's studio, its domestic studio, was Paramount. And that is, other than Maverick, the only Paramount movie in this page, on this top 25. So wouldn't it be something... To then have someday Maverick and Titanic, two Paramount pictures sitting back to back, Maverick at seven, Titanic at eight, and the biggest domestic earners of all time. I think Just that would look together. pretty nice. Yeah. Two, two uh, billion dollar babies, because of course Top Gun Maverick has become a billion dollar baby over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Another great thing. I mean, we don't really talk about. Uh, overseas box office, but uh, international box office, worldwide box office, however you want to slice it. But Billion Dollar Baby is a big deal. Yep, it's first yep. for Cruz, and it's what, like you said, the second purely Paramount, because I think Transformers is also technically Paramount, right? But they they split. But they're distributed. Well, well, Titanic was a split. Titanic was actually Paramount and Fox. One had the domestic rights, one had the foreign international rights. So mm. um, there's there's splits on these. Maverick is pure Paramount, though, and you know, talking okay. about being a billion dollar baby, Danny, of course, uh, emailed us the host of the great "I Screen You Scream" for movies number four. 
he emailed Number us four. because he was so excited. You know, his his uh, headline of his of his email was Top Gun Maverick joining the billion dollar club. And he wrote to us, our beloved, most anticipated film of the year and of all COVID times became the second film of the COVID era after Spider-Man No Way Home to reach the big bones club of $1 million baby and just so many whys and exclamation points because he gave it the respect that it deserves. So he said the big bones club of $1 million baby Paramount complete. Wait, a million or billion? Billion, billion. I'm sorry. Big Bones Club of $1 billion. Bay Bay. A lot of whys. Paramount completely is going to make all their uh, loss back after the years of failure as we got the uh, to rank the top films of the box office this year for our beloved studio. And then he ranks out, of course, worldwide. Top Gun Maverick did a billion. Sonic 2 did $400 million worldwide. Lost City did 1886 million worldwide that is great I, I didn't realize you know lost city's done that well internationally uh five cream scream did 140 million internationally and jackass forever did 80 inter uh worldwide so thank you danny for writing to us with the worldwide totals for the paramount films but of course maverick in the billion dollar club it's amazing. The Big Bones Club. I love that. I love that. I love that. And that's the that is the kind of uh, uh, thing that you're gonna get when you listen to I Screen, You Scream Four movies. Big Bones Club is pure Danny. He invented the Big Bones mm. Clubs, and I love it. Nice. Well, Pat, what a packed episode, but it couldn't have been any other way. It's exciting times at the box office. Yes. It's exciting times for us. You know, we were talking about this previously, how all of those just uncertain days mm -hmm. during the pandemic where me and you sat in front of mics and talked about what just I, I passed for box office back then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to be where we are now, I feel like is, it, it just feels great. I think- most podcasts are inessential. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. But you don't uh, they need just them. Don't, you don't need them. And I do believe that the B.O. Boys is a podcast that is needed. Yes. It's essential. Yes. And I feel like our listeners, our one of B.O. Boys, our one of B.O. Girls, our one of B.O. People. People. Need to evangelize about this podcast yes. and let people know about it. And how can they do that, Pat? Well, I mean, the best way to tell people about the podcast is give us five-star reviews on whatever podcast service you use, but mainly Apple Podcasts. That's the one that counts. So give us a five-star review, leave a review. I mean, tweet about us. You know, Twitter mm -hmm. isn't ticks, but Twitter is links to podcasts. So tweet the link of this episode. Tell, and you know, just tell people in your life. You don't have to do it digitally. Just tell them. You know, you, you're, you're hanging out with your buddies. You're hanging out with your best girl, your best guy, or your best person. Person. And you just whip out the phone, whip it out the phone, and you whip just show them the B.O. boys. Play a little bit for them. And get them to download and subscribe on their phone. You know, do it in real life. 
tell people about the B.O. Boys because people are going back to the box office and they more than ever need the B.O. Boys to explain to them what is going on at the box office because they're back, but they need some help. So tell people about the B.O. Boys. And of course, email us yourself at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. You know, let us know how you evangelized about the B.O. Boys. Shoot us an email. Tell us, you know what? Pat, Clay, I I uh, told five people this week about the B.O. Boys. You know, mm-hmm. shoot us that email. And then tell us your predictions for next week and what you saw at theater and your thoughts on the box office. But email us about all the people you've told about the B.O. Boys. And if you're a podcasting pro, mm-hmm. if you have a podcast... Mm-hmm. And you want us to be on that podcast. Mm. You know, I just said, you know, previously that most podcasts are inessential. Right. And I stand by that. Mm -hmm. But by having us on your podcast, Mm -hmm. it makes it essential. Yes. Because it will be an essential part of our history. Mm -hmm. And that means it's an essential part of box office Mm -hmm. and box office reporting history mm-hmm. so if you want to make yourself essential reach out to us yes. we'll come and gab on the mic listen we're pros i mean this we'll do this in our sleep yep yep and we'll do it awake too so we, we can yeah make we'll that do it sleep or awake you. either way either yeah. way so yes if you have a podcast that you want the bo boys to uh shine on email us at the bo boys podcast at gmail.com and clayton i think we've done it We've done it. There's nothing left to say except for until next time. We'll smell smell you at the the box box office. office. Nailed it. Nailed it.